You are listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast, episode number 29. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore Our Geek. I'm Andrew. I'm Tracy. And I'm Kyle. Yep, today we have Kyle joining us, and uh, we're doing something a little bit different today. We are talking about uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, something we wanted to do for a while is is pick different movies that are kind of staples of the geek, geek culture, geek lexicon, and watch them again, talk about them. Ideally, we want to do it with someone who hasn't seen the movie before. That won't always work. Stuff like Star Wars. Um, it's there are a surprising number of people who haven't seen it. Have you got what you guys? Star Wars. Think? Yeah, uh, I hadn't seen it until I was quite a bit older. So, right. I mean, I, I have friends who are from like high school that hadn't seen it. I'm sorry, not high school. Um, college. Um, we actually tied one of them to a, a bedpost to make them watch it. What? Were they adamant that they weren't going to do it? No, she just kept wandering off, and we were like, "No, you're you're going to stay here." <laughs> So, so a friend of mine made a pair of Spanish handcuffs and we tied her to the bed. That's fantastic. It's not the best use of Spanish handcuffs in a bed, but oh, you know, you do what you got. It was. It also, you know, given that friend and given given those two friends, it wasn't you know her ideal use of those handcuffs. But <laughs> yeah, whereas but, I actually have a copy of it, in Star Wars in beta in my parents' basement. Ooh, beta. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're going to talk about ideally get some, talk about these movies. Ideally, get someone who hasn't seen it. Oh, in this case, it was me. Right. So Tracy hadn't seen Ghostbusters. Well, okay. Correction. I started Ghostbusters like a few weeks ago and I ended up falling asleep right around the time when, uh, well, partway through it. And uh, um, yeah, it, it was, I was really exhausted. It's not, it was not a reflection on the movie, but. Um, right. Uh, yeah. And so, but you, you've never seen it the whole way through. Mm-hmm. And I, 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 I knew some stuff about it. But, but I didn't well, really. It's, it's hard to avoid uh, a movie like this. It's hard to avoid all of the different pop culture references. You just, it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, there were definitely one-liners that I recognized as being referenced quite a bit. Right. I mean, I use there's certain ones I use a number a number mm-hmm. or a, 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 a large amount. I know I know Kurt probably uses a number of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're we, online all the time, right? As memes and that kind of thing. Right. But but they're I think they're even funnier in context. So it, it helps I think to give you the context. Yeah, definitely. So, what did you think? Uh, I really enjoyed it. It, it didn't... Okay, so th- I thought that it could go one of two ways. The first thing that I thought was it could be just a really, really great epic movie, something like Star Wars, where it's just... It's huge. It's, it's big. It's one of those monumental um, moments in cinematic history where you just... Everybody has to watch it because so much is built on it. And that's not really what I got. And then the, op- the other option, I thought it might head off kind of into... Um, b-movie territory where the plot got lost somewhere along the way and then all of a sudden all we're doing is you know running around and chasing down ghosts and that also didn't happen so i actually i thought it fit right in the middle it's a nice pop culture reference it was a lot of fun and um there were some familiar faces of course in there and um 
like we've mentioned a few one-liners that I'd heard before, but a lot of them I hadn't. And and it was there was a surprising number of funny moments that weren't hadn't been spoiled for me. So I, yeah, I, I had a good experience. Right, and obviously this you know this is one of the early pairings of Harold Ramis and Bill Murray, mm-hmm. um, and Ivor Reitman directing. So this is a, <clears throat> it's a fantastic group of of people involved. And it's funny you say it's not one of those like iconic like broad sweeping epics, but it's very much an iconic movie. Yes. I mean, it has a very special place in geek culture as well as in cinema. Yeah, it's just not yeah, like you said, not just, not just geek culture, but cinema as a whole. I think you'd be hard pressed to find you know film critics who don't think of this as one of the perfect comedies, so to speak. Yeah, um, I certainly know a lot of personal people, like people personally, who who think that, and it it it's impressive uh, to that extent. Yeah. Well, what I liked about it as a comedy was that. While it never took itself too seriously, it also, um, a lot of funny movies are funny because they kind of go meta. They either break the fourth wall or um, or they do something to reference themselves. Um, we talked about Spaceballs in an earlier podcast with Kurt Klein. And, um, and that movie actually references itself, breaks the fourth wall a few times. Right. Um, and that's funny. But in this case, it didn't do all of those things. And yet it still came across as um, both... A reasonably serious comedy. Serious comedy is that a thing? Um, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's a legitimate it, comedy. It's not. It's not self-referential. It's not right. That's what I was looking for. Um, it's it's legitimate, but at the same time, it really didn't take itself too. Especially Bill Murray never took himself too seriously. It was ridiculous. No, you know. So hey, you mentioned those Spaceballs, mm-hmm. um, and and the one crossover character here, or yes. character but actor here is Rick Moranis. Yes. Uh, what did you think of Rick Moranis in, in this as compared to Spaceballs? Well, it took me a second to figure out who he was because the first thing that I thought of was Austin Powers. I think the glasses were throwing me off. It's the glasses and he's wearing that dumb j- blue jogging suit. Yeah. That kind of yes. looks like uh, that first one of the early suits Austin Powers is wearing. The blue leisure suit. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was looking at that and I thought, oh, okay, that's Austin Powers. And then, no, it, it was him. <laughs> he's hilarious. He's a hilariously funny over actor on purpose. I mean, and and that was. And you really have not seen a lot of his, or some of his other really great stuff. Um, you ever see Honey I Shrunk the Kids? I am not. Okay, that's another good one. He's actually a lot more subdued in that one. Probably the best. The best other one though uh, is Strange Brew. Mm. If you can ever see Canadian humor in any more funny way, Ivan, <laughs> in my life. Oh yeah. Well, what I liked about um, Marinus is that he. He's a great foil for Sigourney Weaver in this one because she is she is beautiful. <laughs> yes. She's statuesque. Um, she's got those long legs that just go on forever. And he's just, just epic he's nerd. Ridiculous dork. Um, locks himself out of his room all every the time, time. Every time. And um, and he's, I mean, I swear. He's got fucking radar. He, I, that's what I was going to say. What does he do? Have his ear pressed to the door waiting for her to come home? It's ridiculous. Um, but also as a character, like the way he played, he pl- overplayed his character. He made him as ridiculous as possible. And then Sigourney Weaver's character is the polar opposite. I mean, she's very she's, subdued. She doesn't really totally believe in the, in the Ghostbusters as they are. Um, she's interested, she's intrigued, but she's not sure that she believes at all. She's a little paranoid because, you know, she found Zool in her icebox. But Zool. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I just I just see him as a fantastic foil. And I think whoever invented those two characters is a genius. Well, and I think like, I think that's probably Harold Ramis. Probably. Um, who, I mean, one of the great 
you know, film comedic geniuses. Uh, what's really funny is he, so you kept talking about like how, how much of like the basically the straight man he played, mm-hmm. and from what I understand, that actually came from uh, working a lot with John Belushi. Oh, because that makes sense. I, I guess originally they had, they were both in some kind of improv troupe. And I, I remember reading about this after Harold Harold Ramis passed away. They were both in an improv group, and he and Harold Ramis left for a little while and came back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it might be it might be Second City. That might be what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, John Belushi was in the group then. Ah. And since John Belushi was such an insane physical actor and just over the top, Harold Ramis decided to start playing the straight man. Yeah, which he did a fantastic job of. Oh, absolutely. Um. I love his juxtaposition with, uh, is her name Janet? Janine. Janine, that's who it is. Uh, the Janine, desk girl. Janine Melman. Yes. Um, which, who is beautiful, by the way. I mean, they put those giant glasses on her to try and, you know, kind and of. And that accent. Yeah, and made her a little. Do- she is stunning. Yeah, as uh, Annie Potts. Yeah, they had. Oh, really? Yep. Did not recognize her at all. Um, but yeah, the two, the two women in this are absolutely gorgeous. And then they got some of them, not ugly, but definitely plain looking dudes to play opposite. I don't think there was a single su- Harold, of the of the of the group of them. Harold Ramis is probably the best looking. Yeah, he's the most attractive. I'd um, say. Followed by Dan Arger. Bill Murray is really not, especially at that point in the '80s. He's kind of got that like that like very very short mullet thing going. And his hair is thinning, and it's it, he's got kind of the receding hairline, but it's it's got a widow's peak right. in the center, and it's kind of fluffy. But you can see a scalp through it. It's, ugh, ugh. it's not not attractive at yeah. all. Although Ernie Hudson wasn't bad looking either. That's true. Ernie Hudson is a is a good looking man. Mm-hmm. Even still, we've seen him at a few conventions. He's quite good looking still. He's, he's, also, he's in good shape. I think he's he's yeah. also considerably younger than the other guys. Oh, really? I mean, not like not like you know twenty years, but maybe yeah. like he might be like ten years younger. Well, black men age better than white men. It's a it's a sometimes. fact. No, it's no, it's sometimes. <laughs> That's a sometimes. <laughs> I've I've seen enough old black men in New York to be like, oh. Yeah, but they're probably like thirty years older than you think they are. <laughs> maybe. So obviously. So you got, you know, uh, Annie Potts and, and Harold Ramis and, and um, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. So so what did you, what, what did you think of, you know, the Dan, Ack- Dan Aykroyd and, and Bill Murray's characters? So Dan Aykroyd played a series. Somebody, um, Kyle, I think you said that it was he's a former Marine in the comics. No, Ernie Hudson in the comics was a former Marine. That's how they got him to be. Oh, as oh, serious oh, oh, oh. as he okay. was. Okay, I was talking about uh, Dan Aykroyd's character, um, Winston. No, no, Winston is is Ernie Hudson. Oh, it's Ray. Ray. Okay. Ray Stance. Yeah, that's right. Um, so Ray, if someone asks you if you're a god, you say <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Ray was so he was so earnest about everything. This this was a legitimate business venture and he was going to do it correctly and everything. And then well, Bill Mar- he has three mortgages on his house because well, of it. There's that. <laughs> his parents' house. Yeah, that he was born in. Oh, poor guy. Um which that you know what, interestingly enough, that house never showed up. No, no, no he doesn't. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I, I it's just funny that they just reference it and then it just disappears. Um It's a plot device. Well yes it was, but a lot of times um Especially I, it, in um, more recent movies, it seems like that kind of plot device shows up and then they feel the need to show you all that. And it's nice to, to see a movie where they're like, this is a throwaway. It's intended to be a throwaway. We'll let it go. Well, that's, I mean, that, that, that goes to the, the, the brilliance of the writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, and then, of course, um, Venkman? Venkman. Venkman, that's what it is. Is just a complete 
uh, I don't even know how to describe this guy. It, it, I, at first, I thought he just didn't believe them that well, they were that what they were doing was legitimate at all. I think Sigourney, I think Sigourney Weaver's character hits on it on it the best. Uh, he feels like a game show host. Yes, he acts like a game show. Host. Are, are there a game show host or a very corny used car salesman? Oh, he's definitely a corny used car salesman too. He kind of comes across as creepy, oily, but distasteful. Not, uh, but not in like the not in the like skeeved out way. Just, no, just, just he's very odd. He's a very yeah. odd guy, played by a very odd guy. It's fantastic. No, he does a great job. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying, wow. Uh, he a little bit of the way that he was hitting on <laughs> women was a little bit. Uh, I I got starting to feel a little awkward and nervous. I was like, oh, what's going on? I'm I'm really glad he's not talking to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I I like their characters. I like the way they play off of each other. The whole team is a really good team. Yes. Yes. Also, Stay Puffed, that's what he came up with? <laughs> oh, I love Stay Puffed. No, he was adorable. A gigantic Stay Puffed man. But really? I, I, in a moment of pressure like that, that's what he went to. All right, well, who knows how the human mind works? Be- because he said it was something that could never destroy them. So they made it really big <laughs> and evil. <laughs> well, so no, but then Ray went bye-bye. Yes. <clears throat> um also by the time they were roasting stay puffed i wanted s'mores so bad <laughs> all i just kept thinking about the the smell you know when when you got the marshmallow on the stick and it's sticking in the fire and you not i don't i'm not the person that lights the marshmallow on fire um because i don't like it to be like charcoal you gotta you gotta kind of keep away from the flames you look for the coals you know you adjust the fire so there's coals and then you just gotta kind of slowly turn it kind of like a spit and then the outside just gets kind of caramelized and brown. Oh, the smell is just so delicious. It's just, it's caramelized sugar and then you squish it on the hers. It's good. It's I so don't. much faster to just set it on fire and blow it out. A lot of people do that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy's got this, in, this, this like intimately detailed plot for how to cook my car. Kyle's like, burn the fucker. Light that bastard on fire and well, then blow it out. I mean, he has a point. It is faster, but it's it's so much less delicious. <laughs> oh my god! My favorite part was just watching Stay Puff walking down the avenue, smiling, crushing people, and he doesn't get angry until he sees the Ghostbusters. He didn't even get angry until they shoot him. He's totally happy. Yeah, he's well, very but good. He, but he's also he's got the, he's got those Godzilla <laughs> noises. <laughs> He's got this giant grin and these eyes that go back and forth and the Godzilla noise is just ridiculous. Okay, so um, what's his name? The no, Zul is the gatekeeper, and then you've got the keymaster, and then the Go Gozel Gozer Gozer. That's right. Gozer the Gozerian. So what happened to Gozer? I don't fully understand. Just... Stay puffed is Gozer. Stay puffed is oh. Gozer the destroyer. Okay. Yeah. I just thought it was something that Gozer sent at them. No, 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 no. It's Gozer the destroyer. Okay. Gotcha. Those are the travelers. Says, decide what I become. Oh, I see. I yep. I just I, I I guess I didn't catch. I caught the part where he was just like decide, and I thought it was something to be sent after. Yeah, him. and we were talking about this a little bit. Like, goes with the traveler, very David Bowie. Yeah, very androgynous, very very I sparkly really David tell. Bowie. I was looking at it, and I'm like, I still I think, think it's, it's a boy. No, I still think it's female. Honestly, I think it. I think yeah, it, it's an actual actress. 
really? doing it. Yeah, I think yeah, so. I, I think they actually got like a model actress, yeah, foreign like, model. Yeah, well, oh. so I was thinking like one of the, like the, the 80s, like high fashion. Yeah, but the cheekbones and the nose was so long. Yeah, but ni- think about think about the 80s high fashion. Yeah, good point. Good point. And a lot of heavy eye makeup. Yeah. Really heavy eye makeup. Uh, heavy eye makeup, heavy hair. Ooh, speaking of heavy hair and heavy eye makeup, Sigourney Weaver in gothic makeup is really hot. Yes. That's, yeah. And when she got her big hair going. Ooh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice. <laughs> You got a problem over there, Andrew? No, no, no. It's not a problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm perfectly fine over here. Uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> so for you two, I mean, you've seen this how many times, Kyle? I'm going to have to go on over 10. Okay. Oh, uh, well, at least a, probably more. I mean, probably, I would guess just, I mean, picked it up on cable and stuff. Probably 40 or 50. I mean, it's a lot. Wow. Well, you guys were having a hard time not quoting the movie well, yeah, yeah. at so, me. So, yeah, that, that was part of the deal. Is, is Kyle and I were not allowed to sit here and quote the movie to Tracy before, you know, so she could experience as it happened. It was not easy. <laughs> I missed it at one point. Right, right. No, no, no. no but I got to give, I got to give us credit for for only screwing it up once. Like that's true. That was not because I mean it goes. I mean, it's what you do. You watch the movie and you quote along. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Well, it's very quotable. Yes. Well, didn't you tell me? A, you're so back that you and a friend at work literally went through the movie in your heads at work. Well, we never did that at work. I mean, I've definitely gone through like gotten bored or something, just like gone through parts of the parts of the movie just for the hell of it. <laughs> That's fantastic. It's also one of those great like go to movies you can put on for noise because yeah. you know you know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah, and you can turn around at this point you actually want to watch. Right. Another thing that I wanted to talk about is the effects because for what there was one moment when um the the hound hellhound um that was the key master kind of bounded through the wall into um into an apartment and it looked for a moment like unrendered CGI but it really wasn't No no it was it was I, what I actually think it is thinking about it a little bit more than what, when we were talking about it at that moment I think it's a high speed um puppet like the Rancor in Star in Return of the Jedi. Oh, it, 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 it on moved, a green screen and then put on top of the yeah a, it, added it, to the, yeah, the scene mo- later. Yeah, it moves very similar to the Rancor. Mm-hmm. That that kind of movement tends to go with that that high speed. Yeah, um, I, I wondered. I wondered, especially when it kind of is diving across the street into the garden. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, that's when you really see that that's what it is. No, no what I was one thing I was thinking though was is how well the practical effects stand up. Yeah, and I, I I can't figure like I mean like the very beginning when the when the um, the card catalog is is oh shooting into out, the air yeah or the eggs cooking on the counter yeah um those kind of practical ones are really really good. That's why I think anytime you can go practical instead of throwing some computer in there. It'll stand up so much better than computer CGI. Oh, that's absolutely the the case. Because, I mean, computer CGI is evolving all of the time. In yeah. 10 years, we're going to go look back at Lord of the Rings even, much as I hate to admit it. And it's just not going to look quite as I don't know about that. I mean, there's certain, certain films hold up a lot better than you would think. Yeah. Um, um, I, think, I, mean, I think Lord of the Rings will be one of them. Some of the effects in this actually held up better than I thought they did. I would have. They would have. Uh, this is the first, I think the first time I've seen it in, in high def on Blu-ray. And not all, but a lot of the effects still looked really good. I mean, Slimer, you can't even tell. Slimer still looks Slimer, great. 
Um, the librarian ghost at the beginning. Yeah, not, that looked really good. Not so much when when they go when they go to grab her. Yeah. You know, because then then it, it turns into like a little puppet kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But when she's just sitting there and she tell and she uh, she shushes uh, Ray. Yeah. Or not Ray. Um, Vengman. I mean, I mean that looks really really good. Yeah. The other one that I was going to point out was the crash in the street after. Um, during in the middle of the fight where uh, it's right towards the beginning everyone's arriving they arrive in the ghostbuster mobile oh yeah yeah and then you could kind of tell like you you could kind of tell that the two pieces were on um some kind of a, a hydraulic lift yeah it, i mean that's so there was one that, piece that, but that shot at one of the old one of the old hollywood backlots yeah but it was it was still really cool looking yeah with everything kind of shifting and the the car kind of sliding down um a piece of asphalt and kind yeah. of crashing up. That was that was pretty well done. Yeah, and of course, I mean, you know, they've got some really great New York scenes in there. Mm-hmm. Like how you were talking about those uh, right before we started recording. Just in general, the New York, the 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 scenes in New York. Oh yeah, just <laughs> you said it earlier. They avoided areas, but seeing Central Park just during that time was, you can tell it's New York. Yeah, well, yeah, well, so they, they avoided Times Square because Times Square is full of hookers and porno theaters. Um, <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, say what you will about Rudy Giuliani. He, he actually had a, an effect on uh, on Times Square there. But yeah, Times Square. He's, uh, there were a couple great shots with the old bridge in the background and the uh, um, it was the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah, and the um, the World Trade Center. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, some good New York skyline photos or uh, not photos, but uh, shots and stuff. Also, they had some really good. They had some good art department stuff in there too. Um, when the Ghostbusters are hanging off the the side of the building mm-hmm. after after. Uh, Ray says they're not gods. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of one of those like knowing how shots are put together. I mean, they're probably only up a couple of feet. Yeah, yeah. They're certainly, certainly they're not hanging off the end of a building, obviously. But they're probably only up a couple of feet, and then the rest of the building, and then the if you look in the kind of the corner, the buildings back behind, those are that's all art department like yeah, yeah, matte painting matching. Yeah, um, which was really neat. And then uh, Kyle, you brought up something that I I had no idea because I don't know the history of this film that much. But apparently they weren't allowed to be filming in New York. Yeah, during the time, the Teamsters and the film unions, really, if you didn't work with them, they didn't want you in the area. So all those little snippets of them capturing ghosts on the street, basically they set up a camera, filmed the scene, and got out of there before anyone ever noticed. (laughs) Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, there's, there's a similar one, similar kind of idea with, um, I cannot remember the movie, but the, the famous scene with um, Dennis Hoffman. Hey, I'm walking here. And he starts banging on the cab. They like set up a camera on the street corner and just had him cross the street. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, filming in New York is interesting. Is it still that way today? I would imagine so. I mean, I know that the unions still have a pretty... I mean, from what little I know, um, working in the shipping industry, that I knew that they had a lot of, um, a lot of sway over the ports and stuff. So I would imagine that the Teamsters and stuff still have a pretty good. Well, they're much more approachable now because there are so many TV shows that are filmed in New That's York. That's true. Oh, good point. Good point. Yeah, CSI in New York and some other stuff. Law and Order. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they shot a couple episodes of Law and Order at um, at Maritime where Colin and I went to college. Really, I didn't know that. But... I'd like to go back and see those then. Yeah, actually, they took over. Um... I worked in the the college uh, the college um, medical facility, and they took that over for a couple hours. Oh wait, this was while you were there. Yeah. Are you in any of the shots? No. Oh, this dude. Uh, no. Were you Kyle? No, unfortunately. Darn it! I, I thought th- I knew someone famous for a second. No, although dude is in, dude is in the Departed. He's in the Departed. Yep. 
Yeah, the the opening scenes of The Departed are uh, are shot at Maritime. That's amazing. Yeah, so dudes in the background um, grinning at the camera. <laughs> of uh, course really he is. Really fucking cheesy. <laughs> yeah, the graduation and the PT scenes were all filmed at Maritime. Oh, yeah. cool. That's cool. Also, um, the out the exteriors for the asylum in Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oh, I so did do you, not you know guys that. know? Yeah. Do you guys know Tobey Maguire or Matt Damon? Uh, not personally. No, Amazing Spider-Man 2, so that'd be Andrew Garfield. Oh, Andrew Garfield, my bad. And yeah. no, because that was just recently. Right. Um, I do have a number of friends who actually got pictures with Matt. They had to come back for reshoots for mm-hmm. uh, like a week. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got some friends who got a lot of pictures with Matt Damon. That's pretty cool. Um, Rocco's got a picture with DiCaprio. Oh, nice. nice. Uh, Adler has, an, has a picture with Matt Damon. That's awesome. Yeah, so, yeah. So, uh, we, they never shoot anything cool at my college. The most they did was uh, the History Channel did like a two-part miniseries on the the Civil War or the Revolutionary War, and so they were in Colonial Williamsburg for a minute, but like one day, and they didn't want anybody in shots. Yeah, so it was well, sad because um, we weren't dressed up the right way. That's why. So we got a little off topic there, but um, <laughs> coming back, obviously you you enjoyed the movie. I mean, kind of what's your what's your final takeaway from it? Um, my final takeaway is that it's definitely something that geek should watch, but not in the way, um, we've talked a little bit about the fact that I don't, there are many, um, holes in my, uh, geek history. So a lot of times people are say, oh, watch this movie, read this comic book, um, read this book, whatever, um, see this piece of media or entertainment. And it's really just to fill in that gap. So I understand where you know, where the certain references come from and that sort of thing. And they just don't hold up. Ghostbusters holds up. It's worth watching as a movie for entertainment now, not just as a way of catching up on geek history. Yeah. And not, and actually now you can relate to the, uh, the fan groups. Mm-hmm. Ghostbusters has one of the more active uh, fan groups. Absolutely. They're at a lot of conventions. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they're not, they're not quite the, the star Wars, star Trek level. Yeah. But it's um, only a single movie, or well, it's two it's movies. Two movies. Um, and now they're considering rebooting them. I guess I they've not got consider. a full. I mean, they're doing it. They've, they've got a cast and everything, yeah. right? Yeah, it's all women um, this time. And that, this will be interesting. You know, a friend of mine put up put up his opinion about it. He's he's a, a um, used to be a local comedian, and and I got to agree with him. He was saying, you know, like it's not that this movie's gonna, you know, this the movie's gonna be bad. It's not that they shouldn't have cast women. His feeling is that they shouldn't be remaking Ghostbusters because this is like, well, who's it's, it's a near perfect comedy. It is. And it stood up. This is not something that needs right. to be rebooted at all. Right. So, you know, no matter what happens, no matter how talented these women are, and they are, they are very talented women. Let, mm-hmm. let, let's not, you know, let's not diminish yeah. them in any way. Yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. All very talented, very talented uh, comedic actresses. But the point is that they're just, it's not going to be as good because it, because the, how good the original is, yeah, and and it's unfortunate because uh, of course you know, I, I'm going to go see it, hands down, no no questions asked. I will go see it. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people are going to go see it. They're not going to be happy with it, just because the, it's not the original. Yeah, yeah, and, and there's no way it can possibly be. It just right. can't. Well, and, and 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 my other statement to that one is, is you know, what movie what isn't as good as Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 2 and that has the same fucking cast yeah like it, it has nothing to do with the cast and it's just there I mean I love Ghostbusters 2 as well but there's a certain level of magic if you will involved with that movie that you're just not gonna match yeah I agree alright well I think that's uh, that's about as much as we're gonna talk about Ghostbusters here 
So if you like your, if you like what we're doing here, uh, be sure to check us out at thereforeageek.com, facebook.com slash thereforeageek. Tracy is uh, at Mary Eyes. At Mary Eyes. You can follow us at thereforeageek. On Twitter? On Twitter, yes. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Or now you can follow us also on Stitcher. We are there too. Yes, and you can leave us five-star reviews on both platforms. Think of that, too. You can have your voice heard twice as many times. You can download us twice, which would be there really you, awesome. Yeah. You can listen to each, like, you, you can see there's differences. Yes. That there's not. But you can listen just to make sure. Yeah, we, 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 we would recommend that, just on, on the off chance. Also, you can now listen to us on both your Apple products and your Android products, because Stitcher is available for Android. So that's this cool. is very true. Yeah. So once again, I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. And I'm Kyle. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek. Attention comic book fans! May 16th and 17th, don't miss Tywater Comic Con at the Virginia Beach Convention Center. Our first ever two-day spectacular, and we have over 100,000 square feet of events, panels, contests, and dealers. Comic book creators Chad Harden, Ron Mars, Ken McGuire, Greg Land, and more. Celebrity guests Sam Witwer, Kelly Hu, Sam Huntington, Megan Rath, Chloe Dykstra, and many more! Passes are on sale now, and the earlier you buy, the more you save. Visit www.tywatercomiccon.com for more information and get your passes to the incredible, uncanny, amazing Tidewater Comic Con. Tidewater Comic Con, Tidewater Comic Con.